Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Across the Pond. Uh, I need to come up with something to make these intros a little better. They're just kind of friggin' dull now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to do, but you know, it is what it is. Welcome, anyway. Uh, like I said, to Across the Pond, the podcast where I talk to strangers from around the world. I, uh, yeah. Today I get to speak with Tony. He is an indie filmmaker. That's that's what I'll say about Tony. Um, because here's the thing. He, he explained so much that I just never really thought about when it comes to filmmaking. Uh, I, I say this a few times throughout, but the the knowledge that he passed on to me just about the ins and the outs of filmmaking was quite interesting. It was really cool. I, I had such a great time learning. It, it was awesome. I hope that you guys enjoy the conversation that I had. I hope that you can learn something as well. And here's the thing. If you want to get into filmmaking or creative writing, you should 100% listen to this because it will definitely change your outlook on kind of how things are going to go. Here's Tony. Tony? Hello. Yes. Hi, yeah. Daniel. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. Uh, I, I'm real sorry about the whole the whole time no, thing no, and no. whatnot. No problem. Like like I said, oh my goodness, I had to stay in bed an extra hour. <laughs> yeah. Like so. So to kind of give you a little bit of a thing, just so you know, um, my wife, she's a substitute teacher, right? And mm. today was one of her days subbing, and so I just wanted to make sure that everything was all right because she sometimes really scatterbrained and she gets really stressed out uh, when she hasn't done something for a while. And then, uh, you know, like with going to teach, you know, she kind of just she's that person to where like once she's in her groove, she's great at it, but she doubts sure. herself sometimes. And so I just want to make sure that everything was OK before she left to where, you know, it wasn't. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? You know, so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, well, my yeah. wife was a substitute teacher up here for the last few years and um, oh, cool. uh, now is doing running the computer lab at uh, her elementary school. So it's it's pretty good. She's very uh, vital this year. So. Ah, is, is she super like tech savvy then if she's running the computer lab? Um, fair enough. Uh, she's certainly been running computers, you know, we, we both got into computers right as graphics and writing were going on to the systems uh, were going on to computers. So we've, um, we've been around, uh, computers for a while. Okay. So then yeah. would you consider yourself, um, like. Uh, like for example if i was saying you know like what kind of cpu are you going to get what kind of gpu are you going to get are you would you be able to be like oh yeah you know i i'd get like a ryzen 7 you know and then i'd get you know like a 30 like are you well, kind of one of those we're guys? apple people oh and, no um, yeah no i i i work for them part-time oh, okay, and cool. um uh but she's had to learn both apple and pc as part of her job and chromebooks and so oh. she knows more of that than i do but sort of within the the realm of the school necessities gotcha gotcha type of thing. hey am i sounding okay yeah no you sound you sound really good great okay. yeah you sound good thanks um, do you do you have like an actual legitimate like USB mic or something like that? Yeah, um, it's not a great one. It's um, uh, oh, I've got a I've got the wind cover over the brand. I forget, but um, yeah, it's not a bad one. I I I do a lot of sound work for films, oh. and so um, I've got mics hanging around all over the place. So oh, cool. What kind of yeah. so I so 
Yeah, here, I'll ask this and then kind sure. of circle back. So what do you do? What's your profession? Sure. So um, for most of my money, I work for Apple. I have been working full-time, um, Lordy, for close on 12 years as a teacher out of the retail stores. Cool. They have um, uh, free classes and... So I had been doing that forever. And then I got into filmmaking around 2013. I'd actually done my first films for the store and cool. gradually been moving into it. And this year I was able to go part-time and that's, that's been a huge jump for me. Mm -hmm. So I get a little bit of income from that type of stuff and some from graphics, but mm -hmm. most of it, um, including that all important healthcare is coming through Apple, which, which is a pretty sweet deal. Mm. So and uh, kind of help me to understand just a little bit sure. because you say you do filmmaking and stuff for Apple, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but you also just said, you know, the whole healthcare thing that's coming through. Are you super like, um, what, what's the term? Are you kind of like in the circle, if you will, when it comes to all the stuff that's coming through Apple? Or are you kind of someone who they'll throw you an idea and then you build the video and then like you're done until the next thing? Oh yeah. Most of the filmmaking I do is freelance. Um, okay. That's my own stuff for apple i'm still teaching classes and oh, okay. we do have classes in you know light and filmmaking and uh audio music things like that how to run your phone we get a lot of grandparents in learning how to run their phones mm. that type of thing gotcha. so um they tend to be a little separate yeah uh, basically whenever though they need a little film made at our store you know they want to have something exciting to show people um i'll help with that oh that sounds really cool yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's just sort of, you know, like, Hey, can we get something welcoming in new people? It's like, sure, let's, let's put it together. Uh, neat. So then, um, with you being, you know, the independent filmmaker that works at mm -hmm. Apple, like how well are you, um, acquainted with those who might be, you know, like say higher up in Apple or are you like kind of close to them or are you just, no, you, no, 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 not in the slightest. Okay. Um, no, I mean, there's about 8 million people that <laughs> seem to work true, for them. Um, when when you see something on screen, um, officially Apple, that's going to all be um, a professional set of people within their, their corporation. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I'm about a two-hour-plus drive from Central. I'm in Northern California, but uh, okay. it's, it's a ways to go. Gotcha. Because my impression when you were saying everything was like, if I watch an, an Apple ad and I see some no. of those really cool things, I was like, wait, is that you? That's what no, I thought you meant no, at first. No. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, it's all in-store stuff. Yeah. It's all just, you know, ad hoc in-store stuff. Gotcha, that's gotcha. All, But that's how I got started. Yeah. So so um, with this whole filmmaking, are you, have you done anything aside from Apple? Like, what are some of maybe your other clients, if you're able to divulge that? Um, mostly it's been independent stuff. I work... Okay. Um, don't want to say work with um i'm a member of a co-op uh in san francisco called scary cow and mm. they are amazing they um uh basically I'll give a place for people to come and pitch their ideas you can if you want to build up your chops and something you can offer to help that person mm -hmm. um you're under no obligation to help that person somebody comes in and says you know hey i want to make something with you know um about butter you mm. don't have to help them but um if you want to you want to get behind the camera you want to get behind a microphone um 
you know, do editing, mm -hmm. they will give you the option to help on that. And so everybody gets together, pitches their ideas, everybody chooses to work on whatever they want to work on. You build up all your skills. And by the time it's done, the person who wanted the film has got their little film and you know a little bit more about editing or coloring or mm -hmm. audio production or something like that. Gotcha. And they turn out a whole bunch of stuff that uh, some of it's neat. Um, some of it's amazing. Some of it, mm, you know, not so much. Yeah. Um, and they know that uh, you're getting free help. So, you know, if you kind of take what you get, if that's where you're at, um, but it's it's been fabulous. I've been able to work on close to 50 films in different ways that I would never be able to if I was just working as a professional gaffer, say, or a sound mm -hmm. person. That's really cool. It really is. Yeah. So what would be, and of course, if you if you can say what this is, but what would be like sure. one of the biggest, most well-known companies or like maybe ads that I've seen before that you've worked on? You're, you probably wouldn't have seen any of them, oh, okay. would be my guess. All the independent stuff I do, um, it'll be in film festivals. Um, I worked on one that was just stunning called Ghost in the Gun. It won a whole bunch of awards in independent film festivals as a, a short, a Western short. Mm -hmm. um, it starred Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager. Oh, shoot. Ask anybody if they've seen it. You know, you've got to look high and low. It's it's one of those things. It's, you know, but uh, ads and stuff like that. No, it's it's all local stuff. Oh. The Oakland Fire Board, you know, things like that. Yeah, um, okay. You know, City of Moraga. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's got to be stuff like that. Bread yeah. and butter. Gotcha. Uh, I'm looking at Ghost in the Gun on IMBD right now, and it got an 8 out of 10, so congratulations. It's it's a heck of a film. Yeah, I got to uh, be one of the producers on that, and uh, one of the um, the co-stars, one of the uh, lower stupid cowboys. <laughs> the stupid cowboys. Is that is that what the credits go to? It's not just cowboy, it's stupid no, cowboy. <laughs> no, no. My name in that was Coyote Gus. So. Coyote Gus. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. It, was, it was a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. I get shot pretty quickly, and then I just sort of lay in the dirt for a lot of the scenes. So. Nice. So, so because you you know you you say you lay in the dirt, I, I'm kind of curious about the whole sure. movie thing. Um, so I'm not sure. It, I I would assume that you can uh, um, uh trick. What's the term? Uh, explain this to me. There we go. A little bit. But sure. you know, so let's just say you know you're I'm in a movie and I'm mm -hmm. I'm in a western or something and I get shot at the beginning of a scene. You know, I'm supposed to get shot and die. Do I literally just lay there for? however long I need to lay there until the scene is done? Or do they actually, At, like, how does that work? In a professional film, they'd either have a dummy or um, a body double or something like that. You know, they don't expect to shoot Angelina Jolie and she's going to lay down there for a long time. Okay. At our level of filmmaking, um, yeah, I, I, I will lay there. Um, it's, it's sometimes in a very hectic film scene, you know, it's nice to take a nap in the middle of it while everybody else is doing things. <laughs> yeah. So That's just cool. as long as the uh, horse doesn't do any, you know, relieve itself, then uh, I'm true. in good shape. Yeah, true. What, what are some of the like maybe misconceptions that people have about acting or maybe even filmmaking that you feel are really large in terms of being a misconception I'm, I'm sorry i don't know how else to phrase it no 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 I, I i understand the question the the biggest thing that 
so many people just don't get is that sound is 51% of a movie. Mm. People will accept anything. You can have the camera shaking back and forth. And as long as you can clearly hear the zombies are coming, run, run, run. People will forgive almost any visuals. Mm. But if you have bad sound, if it sounds like you're um, filming off of the, the camera's microphone, something like that, it immediately just pulls you out of the film. Mm. And, and it, you know, it just is um, probably one of the biggest problems. Um, people think that they can, just so long as they capture that image, you know, you want to capture that sound. That's probably the mm. biggest one. I've seen more movies fail on sound than anything else. Mm. But, um, you know, you need good editing. You need good lighting. Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely a lot of pieces going in. It's, it's an incredibly collaborative art. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's um, it's something that I feel so like, here's the thing, you know, of course, like I have to edit this and whatnot. And, sure. and it's definitely not on the same level as something as you because one, this is audio, this isn't video. So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about all that, all that stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it, it's just really because here's the thing, like, you know, you, of course, want to have the best audio possible. Mm -hmm. You know, and like any little blip, you know, kind of sucks, you know, like it's like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't have done that or whatever it is, you know, like it, it's it's rough. Right. But it, it's kind of cool to hear you say that, like it matters so much in a movie to the point of where you would even say it's over 50 percent of the movie. I, I never would have thought that because here's the thing. When I'm watching a movie, I'm, of course, like focused on the visuals, you know, mm -hmm. like, for example, when I saw. What was it like Marvel's Infinity War or whatever it was? Right. You know, like I was so just dumbfounded and so impressed with the visuals that I didn't even give a thought to the sound. It was like, wow, you know, like the lightning looks so real and stuff. And like in my <laughs> mind, you know, that yep. when when all of that's happening, like the sound just should naturally come with it, you know. But I, I, I can't imagine having to try and get it just pinpoint perfect frame perfect not to mention all the other sounds that are going on you have to you have to get it perfect it, it it's it's cool that you say that because i've never thought about that before it's it's just astonishing the amount of time that goes into that uh we're fitting up a feature film right now and we've got a lot of um really good audio in it but mm -hmm. until it goes to the sound designer and he puts the people in their locations he has the the traffic sounds the hum of the room it's you know it just seems flat it just mm. doesn't seem like a real thing and uh one of the things i've always heard said is that you don't have eyelids for your ears mm. that you can have a million sounds coming in and all of them just go together to make up that space in ways that you don't think about because we're so visually oriented Mm, no that's true that's true you, you like you you almost take for granted the fact that you can hear and like the sounds will just come in if you will mm -hmm. mm, that's interesting yeah. um so i'm kind of curious as to why why filmmaking you you say that you have a bachelor's of arts in creative writing what kind of got you down this right. creative path you know like why why go down creative writing why go down filmmaking sure this um a little bit of a story i'll try and abridge as much as possible i had always wanted to be a scientist Whoa. and i had no clue as a little kid what a scientist did they just 
made things and they were cool and they exploded and there were sparks and stuff like that. And then um, I went to UC Berkeley to try and get my physics degree. And I had a heck of a time with it. I really struggled with it. Mm-hmm. And I had always loved science fiction. And so I said, okay, well, let me see. Maybe getting my writing degree um, will help me get at explaining science, showing science from a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so I went and did that, um, learned how much I don't know. Uh, there's a wonderful line by Thomas Pynchon about knowing the contours of your ignorance. You know, you don't know what you don't know, but the shape of what you don't know is the more you explore, the more you find that shape. Um, And so I worked as a writer. I worked as a graphic designer. I was able to find more work doing that out of school. And so it's one of those things that I raised my kids um, at home uh, working, you know, my day job. And after they got bigger, I said, okay, I'm going to really, really focus on writing. I'm going to just write and write and write my tush off. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I did a lot of stuff, a lot of it I'm proud of, some not quite so much, and ended up getting into this and writing really hard right as all the science fiction magazines were just kind of falling away. There wasn't a market for that type of stuff. And the amount of polish I put into things, um, I'd always liked playwriting. I'd always had a good time doing playwriting. Mm-hmm. I said, well, let's just see if I can get together a couple of friends. Um, I had a couple of folks, uh, wrote a script for them, um, filmed the whole thing myself over a weekend. And in the time that I was done in making something really nice to read, I had a film. Mm. And it worked out. The filmmaking's not that great. The sound is not that great. Um, it's it's uh, on YouTube, and but it's it's a good story. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it was something that I could generate a film. I had been doing that for work as well. And then I found this scary cow group, and it just launched my desire. It was kind of like finding your right medium. You know, if you don't know if you're a singer or a player or an artist or a dancer, you know, it's just like when you find that right media Mm -hmm. to work in, that right medium, it's it's just like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. If I want to write, I can write. If I want to ask one of my friends to write something, they're glad to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. we we work something out. I, if I want to be with people, you just go on set. If you want to be alone, you spend the weekend scouting. Mm. It's it's everything. It's everything I wanted to do and every skill I ever get and everything I ever learn, I can put into this. And it's it's great. I just love hanging out with with my friends. Mm. That that's so, really yeah, that's, that's kind of the uh, abridged version. <laughs> no, I I mean it it, it it's cool to hear that you wanted to be a scientist, right? Because you don't hear a lot of kids that want to be mm-hmm. scientists. But then you're like, nah, dude, I want to go down this creative writing path. And it's funny how you uh, it's funny how you started to try and do creative writing to then understand science, but yet then you go full-fledged into filmmaking. Like that's just kind of cool how that whole thing just kind of flowed together. Uh, right. Well, right now I'm working with a friend on, we're trying to assemble a script for a feature that is 
very heavily science-based. It's still mm-hmm. science fiction, but it's um, very heavily science-based. And we've had to learn what we can as lay people about um, uh, what they call M brains and P brains of the various um, multiple dimension things. Mm-hmm. And boy, I barely get, you know, glimpses of it, but you know, it's it's fun to be able to explore that stuff and then put it into a story that, you know, we think is going to be able to work. Yeah. So rather than just having a, oh, we're from a different dimension, haha, you know, I'm trying to just from at least a scientifically grounded standpoint. Mm. So the people who know that stuff hopefully won't roll their eyes too much. Yeah. Well, so, so it, it sounds like you're more like... It, to me, it almost sounds that you care more about the story than you do the film. Not to say you don't care about the film, but, you know, you you like a very deep, you know, just well-told story. What would be your most favorite – I'll go with this. What would be your most favorite, sure. like, book story, you know, something that you just – if you like reading, that is? And then what would you say would mm-hmm. be, like, your most favorite movie franchise or, or you know, a trilogy, if you will, or even standalone sure. movie? Sure, sure. Um, boy, that's a, a... – little bit of a stumper um i'm certainly a big fan of a guy named neil stevenson as a an author um none of his stuff has ever quite made it to the screen one of his more famous books is called snow crash which is one of his earlier ones um but he's done a lot of um science fiction that's very heavily uh based in characters and people Mm -hmm. and um his he did one called Cryptonomicon, which had a three book series following it called the Baroque cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's just science, science, science with a little tiny bit of science fiction thrown in just for fun. Mm-hmm. And they, they really are very fun. They, they, they get people, they get the science, right. Um, the Baroque cycle, you get to follow just about, you know, you take a world tour from the year 1666 until, um, uh, you know, just pre George the third. And it's uh, fascinating stuff. You learn about financial systems, you learn about um, the scientific enlightenment. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of great things in there. Film. um, I mean, I'm a huge Miyazaki fan. Mm. um, And, you know, all of his films are, told so very very well it's kind of hard to call them a franchise as it were um i'm not a star wars fan i i'm sorry the as far as i'm concerned the star wars trilogy ended after the first teddy bear showed up on screen so (laughs) i'm kind of where that is and and star trek has been spotty i'm a huge tv star trek fan but um Mm -hmm. yeah i i the 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 films have been pretty spotty mm. so yeah i'm not a big star wars fan either um just because to me star wars while it might strike a nostalgic view for a lot of people i was never mm-hmm. raised on it and then whenever i try to get into it it seemed just way too coincidental that everything happened yeah. and it just i i just couldn't get behind how oh darth vader is luke's father oh my gosh you know what i mean especially watching it from four to six and then one to three like it just everything seemed way too coincidental there was always that one thing that happened then you're just like Mm -hmm. of course that's star i just couldn't get behind it i can see what people like it because it is fun yeah 
Yeah. It's just, um, I saw the first star Wars in 1977 at a drive-in theater as a, as a kid in high school. And I just, you know, was enamored. I mean, there was not a lot of film science fiction at the time and empire strikes back. Um, my, my girlfriend at the time had uh, said, oh, yeah, they're going to say something really dumb like Luke's, you know, Darth Vader's Luke's father. And it was just so wonderful to go see that film with her and just yeah. watch her go squeak, you know, when when he said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I first half of Return of the Jedi, thumbs up, you know, teddy mm-hmm. bears fighting, you know, nah. Yeah, I, I feel that it's it's something it, it, yeah. I'll, I'll say that it's something I'll this isn't it. my something it. yeah so, yeah it's um it's just kind of cool to hear you know how you can appreciate the smaller things uh especially when it comes to the book because I, I i already forget the author's name but i've never heard of him before um sure. and uh you know talking about movies you're like yeah you know i don't like the i don't like star wars i don't like star trek you know like yeah it's okay but you can appreciate the smaller things of course you know miyazaki he's he's not necessarily small you know studio ghibli is a pretty good company right but right. you know it, it's it's cool to see that you like the the quote unquote smaller people you know the the not as popular people and yet you work in an indie filmmaking crew if if that's the right term you know it, it's mm-hmm. cool to see that you know you are very content with where you're at and i mean of course you know you might be striving to go farther but it sounds like you are okay with you know being on the smaller side because it is am i correct in saying that um yeah definitely i mean who wouldn't want to be able to get a marvel film handed to them i i certainly have my list of comic book heroes you know that i would make a film of mm-hmm. but um you know, it's one of those things that uh, at my age, I'm I'm not hideously old. I'm not young, though, anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I'm going to have to just do what I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been recognized as an artist, no matter, you know, what it seems I try to do. Um, a lot of it's the lucky breaks. A lot of them, you know, you said they say you make the you get the breaks you make. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's luck involved in some of this stuff. Um I came to this with, as an older person, um, most of the people in my crew are a little bit older, um, but we're all passionate and friends and, you know, we're, we're seeing each other through and we're going to go to make it work for us. And if we get three films done, as opposed to 30, you know, them's the breaks. We we've lived lovely lives so far. Yeah. And I think that that's very valuable to hear because there's so many people nowadays who want the biggest and best thing. They're not content with being where they're at, so then they're miserable. And they might be mm-hmm. miserable their entire career because they never get the break that they feel like they deserve or feel like they want. So being you know okay with where they're at is very important because not only are you then going to produce the best thing that you possibly can, if it doesn't happen, you're also not getting your hopes up. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay that it might not happen. At least you're you're happy with where you're at. I'm I'm working. I'm working yeah. and I'm making myself better and making helping my friends get better and you know the kids are doing okay. So yeah. Thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. So so you said you know you're a little bit on the older side. You know you're not you're not old but you're also not young. So how hard has it been um you know you said you saw Star Wars in 77 um so computers and stuff weren't necessarily super big back then no, <laughs> i don't even no. know if they were when was the first computer well, wasn't it like 80 some oh they, i mean they've had computers since you know world war ii yeah, but yeah, true, true. um uh 
I had um, a TRS-80 in high school, which was a Radio Shack one, mm -hmm. and, you know, learned to program a tiny a bit. I, I was never followed it with any interest or passion. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I had one of the first word processors you could get on a, a PC, a Commodore 64, and it ran out to an electronic typewriter that I had and um, blew away the creative writing teachers. It's like, how did you, do you have a word processor? How is that possible? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but like I said, I got into um, computers hot and heavy as uh, desktop publishing okay. became a thing. Yeah. So that was Lordy nineties. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. And um, so I worked in a lot of publishing fields then and um always knew you know just enough to stay ahead of the curve mm -hmm. and when uh web pages started coming in and everybody said oh let's put our books online i was just like no i've been doing this long enough i'm i'm not interested in this anymore mm. so gotcha um but, but yeah uh you know I, I i let's just say almost 60 how's that Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, but my question is, is because, you know, a tad on the older side, but you have been around computers for a while. How hard yeah. is it for you to uh, continue to learn the new video things that are coming out and stuff? Because we, I, at least in my experience, you know, I've seen a lot of people who are on the older side. They have a really hard time with electronics and mm -hmm. just trying to understand it. Has that right. maybe manifested somehow some way in your life just because of your age and the advancement in technology or do you feel like you're pretty good at you know you know it's it's one of those things i couldn't fix a car to save my life i've i've tried i come out with bloody knuckles and oil in every pore mm. um there's people who you know have been doing that they love that i'm kind of the same way with um uh computer operating computers you know i I just like it, you know, okay. I'll follow it along. Uh, most film programs follow a basic theme, um, just like most music programs, you know, most email, you know, you drop somebody who's relatively competent into any computer and they'll figure out the email soon enough. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's kind of the same thing. It's just more buttons and switches, okay. you know, gotcha. all the stuff people did with, um, scotch tape and uh reels of film now you just do electronically mm. okay so, so it, it's not as bad as one might think is what you're saying right if gotcha. if you are interested in it you certainly can follow it and um you know that's one of the things i do like about apple that we teach kids how to do this who have never done it before if i could get any of the grandparents to come in you know without them saying you know oh i'm no good at this you know mm -hmm. Uh, knocking yourself down is is no no good that's mm. you can't live your life that way i don't know how people do that mm. so yeah all right so so i i'm, I'm curious with this uh filmmaker you know of sure. course you're a filmmaker that's what we've been talking about right, right how how does it go from say start to finish you know let's just say if i wanted to to come to you and i had an idea for something i didn't know what i wanted but i just had an idea and i was like hey tony you know like I want you to help me figure this out. What would kind of be, uh, you know, like the the very first, you know, thing, you know, step one, mm -hmm. and then kind of how does that look going towards the final product? Sure. The first thing you need to do is have a good story, and then you need to be able to convince people that it's a good story. If you can get people on board 
and invested in it, then they're interested in doing it. If the next part is going to be, I hate to say it, money. Where's your money coming from? Is it mom and dad? Is it a bank? Is it a trust fund? Where is it coming from? Because it is expensive to do right. Mm. Now, you can take a Zoom camera and on the back of your phone, you've got a better camera than you know any number of people who have made brilliant things. You've got a better camera than Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin had. Yeah. The lenses may not be the same, but you've, you've got to deal with, okay, it's not a single opportunity unless you're doing something like really specific. If you want to have one person in it talking, you've got to convince your actor that you're going to be, you know, that you've got a story worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the more people you can get interested in something like that, the more it spreads out the financial cost, the um, skills that you can bring into it. And so ultimately it's built on story people and then thirdly money. Mm-hmm. And once you've got those in place, then you have the ability to hire whatever skills you may be missing um hire better actors hire you know get costumes lighting sound all the pieces you need mm-hmm. then you've got to be sure that you understand scheduling or hire somebody who knows scheduling because you've got a each person is got any number of pieces that they're dealing with as far as hardware software getting them all into one place making the scene happen then you've got all the files. Then you've got to go and assemble them all. And, you know, assembling them all is sort of like saying, you know, yeah, then we damn the river. Um, there's a lot of pieces that come together there. And then if you want it to be seen, you've got marketing on top of that. You've got um, uh, people going places, talking about it. And then you've got to convince people all the way along just to watch your film, mm. you know? You do all of this work in the hopes that you can get somebody to to watch it and appreciate it. And what you could do, say, as an author, where you're sitting with your book, you're typing it, maybe you've got an editor who's helping you, and then at the other end of that, you've got the reader. And maybe there's one person between you and the reader, and just so long as you can convince them to open the book and read it, you've made that connection. For film, you're juggling knives while bears are chasing you around. But it's exciting as hell. So, <laughs> man, it sounds it's like a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so just to, to kind of clarify, for at least my sake, sure. if, if I was to come to you, I would have to be doing most of the back end work, and you would pretty much just make the film, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, if you let's say that you were somebody who came in and said, hey, I'd love to make a film. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm I'm not going to be somebody who just says, sure, show me your money and then walk off with it. I want to have be sure that you're set up for success because that okay. helps my success. Yeah, true. Um, and I would run you through all the difficulties uh, about it. And then if you're still interested in it, then we would start looking at, you know, what our next steps are. Um, 
but of course you'd have to start off by saying hey i've got a story and convince me that that story is worth telling and worth mm-hmm. throwing my life into gotcha um how many people on average if of course you are able to say this or want sure. to say this how many people sure, on sure. average do you like turn down you know um because i work through that co-op thing it's we have kind of like um a cattle call where people pitch their ideas okay and in our group there are people who say you know all my life i've wanted to do a film and they're passionate about it and they've got that story together and that works out mm-hmm. um then you've got people who you know just say hey i'm I, I need a cheap film crew you know you can get some experience come work for me mm-hmm. maybe i might listen to them but if they tend to be um somebody who is unconvincing um i'm i'm not that interested in working with them i've mm-hmm. i have worked with folks like that before um and then there's people who just say i've got money and I say, I have uh, a budget, you know, let's Mm -hmm. to meet at home, let's get together. So it really depends on how you're going to do it. I've, I've worked enough as a a freelance graphic person to know that there are folks you don't want to work with. They can have all the money in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. they could run entire casinos, et cetera, um, and never pay you. Mm. So there are people like that out there and and you just stay the heck away from them. But, um, you know, if they're pleasant, they want to hire your services, you know, great. That's all good. Gotcha. Uh, with, so with, with COVID being a thing and Mm -hmm. I, I personally hate talking about code all the time, but I feel like this, it's here. Yeah, it's here. Uh, but with, with filmmaking and stuff, how hard has it been to try and work around that? And, you know, are, have you had to ax a lot of different um, uh, uh, opportunities because of this? Yes, uh, absolutely. Up one side and down the other. Um, you know, we shoot a scene where somebody's sitting in a room crying because of how lonely they are. And there's 20 people sitting around them um, trying to do this crammed into a room. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's, it's not, uh, I met with one of my close friends yesterday. Uh, she sat in the back seat of the car while I drove it and, uh, she filmed and we both kept our masks on the whole time and didn't get too close. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough. Um, I'm spending my time right now uh, just having fun on a podcast that I'm, I'm working on mm. and um, I'm waiting for my, my new camera to come in so that I, I can do some individual stuff. I want to try doing some um, blogging type of stuff uh, around Oakland just mm. to talk about what a beautiful city it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, but that's going to be, in simple single stuff yeah with that in mind um one of my my best films that people like so far was me sitting in a room talking in a funny voice and showing stills and telling a story you know so you can tell a visual story make yourself up a film strip you know art finds a way Mm -hmm. man 
I, 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 like I said, I would assume that COVID would have been such a crappy thing to happen, but oh yeah. Uh, so, and, and then uh, you might not. Eh, you probably understand this when it comes to like bigger productions and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So of course you might have to be speaking. Let, let's just say you know like Netflix is trying to shoot Stranger Things or whatever it is, right? Sure. Um, are there certain like things like restrictions and stuff that they might have to comply to? Absolutely. Uh, um, the Screen Actors Guild has a list of things as long as your arm that we would have to comply with uh, uh, here in the U.S. Okay. Um, just to uh, give you a, a story I was reading about recently, um, Marvel, which has all the money in the world, yeah. um, basically uh, got all their actors, all their people they needed, uh, flew them to Australia, which has a very strong um, uh, protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this um, quarantine them and is filming the Shang-Chi film and they're able to do it because they basically have made themselves an island you know just like the NFL does and um, they test people and they just keep them locked in that place making that movie mm-hmm. so it's doable uh, the script I'm working on right now with a friend has like maybe um, four main actors And it's one of those things that if we could ever possibly get who we needed, you know, we could go up to Canada and shoot the thing. Um, But we're a ways away from that. But it's written specifically to be a film that we could do in quarantine if we had to. Mm. So it's it's doable. What's one of the like more exotic places, if you will, or maybe a place that, you know, you just found really cool to be at where you've uh, filmed? Um, a lot of people don't realize that in Northern California, the Bay area, that the Bay goes into what's called a Delta and it's just as, you know, Delta beautiful as the Mississippi Delta, Mm -hmm. um, the sun shining on the, the water, the canals, the fields, you would never know you're in Northern California. It is Mm -hmm. just stunning. Um, and then some friends of mine filmed uh, something called Wasp Men from Mars up in the Redwoods in Northern California. Oh, wow. And that was also really lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a 1950s type of film, and uh, they put a lot of work into that. But, um, you know, it's, it's really stunning. Um, one of my films we did in set in quote unquote Georgia in the 1950s. Um, shot in my backyard though. So you can always <laughs> find, you know, places yeah. that, uh, that match. That's cool. That's really cool. So then yeah. of course, you know, you, you would probably have a studio, but then for those shots to where, you know, it's, you know, let's just say it's in Russia or something like that. Like you would try mm-hmm. and mimic it, you know, like you said in your backyard or like, you know, maybe out in the Hills or something like that. Um, Russia, you know, again, Northern California, thank, thank yeah, Jesus. Um, you know, we drive up to Tahoe and you've got all the snow anybody could ever want. Mm. And, you know, gotcha. film dissidents running away, you know, gotcha. uh, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I saw a map from the 1930s, which showed a map of California and all the different world locations, you know, where to shoot ancient oh. Egypt, where to shoot um uh, Siberia and Sweden, oh, you know, cool. where to shoot uh, Hawaii. And it was really cool. It yeah, was really a lot of fun. You know, location scouting is yeah. is great fun. 
Yeah, that sounds really cool because, I mean, to be fair, I'm not a big film person. I just watch mm-hmm. movies and that's about sure. it. But to, to hear that you can go to all these different places just in one state to try yeah. and uh, reenact or to not reenact, but to try and, you know, and capture different countries and stuff. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was really a thing. I thought, honestly, oh, yeah. for the longest time that people would, you know, like, uh, of course, you know, there's some things that you can fudge a little bit. But people like, let's just say in Russia. Yeah, we're going to go to Russia. I'm like, wait, what? You can mimic <laughs> that I, I didn't realize you could do that yeah absolutely and um now keep in mind too you could also hire a russian film crew to go shoot the kremlin for you if you can't find the exact um uh stock footage you want oh, you know so it's it's one of those things i mean films do live and die on budgets that is that is the third leg of the tripod there mm. so um uh no, I, I, there was something else I was going to remember, but I can't. So no, it's, okay. it's, it's all good. No worries. Um, so kind of transitioning from filmmaking real quick, because mm-hmm. um, I, I I would love to keep talking about it. But there are a couple sure. things that I want to ask you just because I, I the, the whole reason I started this podcast is because I like to just learn people, understand them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so kind of kind of tell me a little bit, it, you know, um, if you could be anywhere else to do filming, you know, like a like a. Um, you know, it's, it's you're not in Northern California. You know, you're in another right. state or something like that. Right. Why would you want to go to that area to do that? Where where would you want to like live? Mm. Um. Okay. It, as as a kid, uh, I lived in the Fiji Islands, and it what? was um, a beautiful country. Yeah. Uh, it was a great place to be a kid. I I wouldn't necessarily want to be an adult there, but. Um, I would I would try writing something specifically to try and capture uh, that location, the people. Um, it's it's beautiful. It's there are you know I don't know if they're still there, but they used to have um, sail schooners, you know, that mm-hmm. were just like right out of the old times. Um, I'm a big nautical fan. Um, just to, there's there's a lot of different stories that you could tell that are never told in mm-hmm. these wonderful countries with amazing people and the, there's a world of stories out there it's just you know the people with cameras tend to be here mm-hmm. um i think nigeria would probably be another one of those places because oh. they have their own uh film industry uh-huh. and just to learn the guerrilla filmmaking that they do um, and to be able to bring what I know and to, to keep learning, that's another country that I would love to go to and, and just completely different from what we're doing, completely different mindset mm-hmm. and just, just learn, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's cool. I, uh, so, uh, apart from filmmaking, you know, let's just mm-hmm. say filmmaking, no, you, you have to take a month off from filmmaking, you know, just right. because you're supposed to, whatever, some weird rule or whatever. Sure. And you, and you could travel somewhere. Where would you mm-hmm. want to go? Um, Korea, Korea, Korea. Um, it's, it's one of those places I'm, I'm a huge Korean food fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a, a beautiful country. Um, the, the people, the art, the culture. Mm-hmm. it's it's definitely one of those places i would love to go um there's a lot in china that would recommend itself to me but um i think korea would probably be the first place and my second choice would be um uh it's it's one of my goals is to be allowed to film in england and just spend a year there 
mm. uh, filming, that would be that would be my another choice. I'm a, a big Shakespeare fan too, so mm. I'd just love to see that. So, and, and I don't mean to go back to filmmaking, but this, sure. what you said caught my attention. You said be allowed to film. Are there like different laws and stuff to where you have to get, say, like oh, some sort well, of no, visa no, or something? no, not so much that it's uh, financially allowed. Oh, okay, you know? gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I, 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 I certainly couldn't afford to do it, and yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, like I, I wasn't sure if there was some like weird rule or law or something no, where you had to no. get maybe some like specialized filmmaker's passport or something. So when you said, I was like, wait, what? But no, that that makes sense financially, uh, because you know right. times are tough and yeah, not to uh, no, mention, well, not yeah, to, it's it's expensive. It's yeah. you know even doing it on the cheap, it's it's pricey. Yeah, not to mention you know you have to lug all your stuff around. I would assume yeah. you'd have to take your cameras and you know you'd have to take your people and you have to pay oh, yeah. for housing and food and all that stuff. And that would be oh my oh, goodness, yeah. too much. Oh my gosh, it it gets up there. Even doing small films, I mean, you can blow through thousands of dollars. You oh, know, just goodness. doing it right. Goodness. So, yeah, man, that's that's <laughs> that's something that I don't know if I would ever want to think about trying to do a film and have to. Oh, that just sounds like too much money for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. But but what about what about England just kind of is a thing, you know, like why why England? Sure. I mean, I, I have zero English genetics to me, but it's the language that I'm in love with. Uh it's you know, the language I speak. I'm a a big Shakespeare fan. Um English orthography, English um uh styles, accents, all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to see all the places I've read about my entire life would would be very fun, you know. Just to just to try that. I'm I'm certainly not going to go there to try the jelly eel and the bangers and mash, but um, you know, to see the lake country, to see um, uh, Scotland, Ireland, you know, all just that stuff that's all up there. I, I realize they're not all Great Britain, so people don't get mad, but. Um, you know, I, I'm sure if I had grown up speaking French, I would want to see all the places mentioned in Alexandre Dumas or something like that. But, gotcha. you know, English is what we speaks, and that's where my my readings from uh, that. You know, that makes sense. And, and I can say from experience, uh, England is beautiful. All of Great Britain is beautiful. So definitely be able to try and make it out there if you can. Once all these stupid mm-hmm. travel restrictions and stuff get lifted, <laughs> it's just it, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. A beautiful uh, set of islands, and it's like seriously, there, there's so much history, and there's just so many awesome things to do. Um, so I, I would definitely suggest uh, doing that. Okay, if you yeah, have the opportunity. Uh, so, um, I want to ask you one more question. Uh, sure. Well, te- technically speaking, two more questions, but the last question I ask everyone, and and this next one is just kind of kind of something. Um, that I'm just curious about. Uh, why, why uh, San Francisco or excuse me, Oakland? Why, why that area? Like, what, what about it is just so cool sure. to you? Well, a couple different things. Um, I had been um, taken around the world as a kid. That had been part of my dad's business. Uh, we we grew up in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up in California. Um, where he was trying to get his businesses going again. And um, I ended up uh, working in, um, excuse me, going to school in San Francisco and Berkeley. And I got a job at a small children's park here called Children's Fairyland. Um, It was the very first park devoted for 
children and children's play and learning. Uh, it inspired Walt Disney. Mm. And I met a very lovely young lady there working there. And she was an Oakland native. And um, uh, I, I became nativized, let's just say. Uh, <laughs> Oakland has astonishingly good weather. Um, there's good culture. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a tough city. It's There's a lot you know, of poverty here and a lot of things that um, we're always trying to deal with. Um, my kids now have their roots here. And so every time I, you know, I feel rootless and I say, you know, let's move someplace else. They go, yeah, no, I think we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to keep coming back here. And it's like, okay. All right. Gotcha. So, um, you know, and we live, we live in a forest uh, in mm. Oakland, we can walk to Redwoods from where we are. Oh. Um, it's Oakland gets, um, I've heard that uh, East Oakland has the most 72 degrees sunshiny days in the country. Oh, you know, who knows how that may change, you know, with uh, climate change, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, there are people from all over the world here and you can meet anyone you can do just about anything in the bay area and my gosh it's gorgeous it is really gorgeous it's not cheap mm, but it yeah. is really beautiful it yeah. is really beautiful my um my brother's wife uh is actually from the um walnut creek area oh yes yeah and, i grew up right next to there oh, uh, yeah, it's, came back. oh man it's it like i will say this california in and of itself is a really cool state i love los angeles i love the bay area like it's it's really unique and different but man, there's something about San Francisco that's just really beautiful, you know, yeah. with the water right there and the mm -hmm. redwoods right there. And, you know, you you have the airport, so you're able to freaking go wherever you want. Like it, it's yeah. it's such a beautiful area. And it's and it really isn't that hot a lot of the time either because you're right yeah. on the water. You have that marine layer. We have air conditioning all summer long. Exactly. You know, we have two days of 80 degree weather where we are. And then it's the fog rolls back in and it's mm. it's lovely. Uh so. And, and walking the the pier and stuff was cool too like it's yeah. there's just something about that area that is just so gorgeous and so i, I can understand why you want to live there because it is beautiful mm -hmm. it, it's just phenomenal uh so so i want to ask you one more question this is one question that i ask sure. everyone um mm -hmm. because like i said earlier the reason i started this podcast is to try and understand people you know why they think the way they think you know why they do what they do and everything uh because i feel that um, especially in today's world, a lot of people are so narcissistic and they're so just self-oriented. Yeah. They're, they're so, they, they don't understand others. They don't try and take other opinions or anything. And so I feel like, um, this next question helps try and break that a little bit because everyone mm -hmm. needs help, you know? Um, yeah. so what would be a piece of advice or a saying or something that you would like to pass down to someone that you feel like really helped you or you feel like really is profound in your life? Sure. Um, I thought about this. Um, and the one that my wife and I keep coming back to over and over again, we see something that's really big and unconquerable. And we go, dumber people than us have done this. And so whether we're trying to buy a house, whether we're trying to make a film, whether we're trying to, you know, get some big project going and we are scared out of our minds we go you know dumber people than us have done this mm -hmm. and it's like okay we'll get through it we'll mm -hmm. figure it out um 
the other thing though that I just for myself is it took a long time for me to learn to get out of my way. You know, I was always uh, a bundle of nerves, you know, and it's just like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And just to be able to quiet those voices and say, you know, it's okay. Calm down. You'll be fine. Yeah. It'll work out. And maybe it will, and maybe it won't, but you know, just to not be constantly second guessing myself about everything. Mm. That was a tough, tough get for me. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is add on to it, but I feel like I have to with what you just said, because there are so many people nowadays that are so anxious and they're so just scared about the future that all they do is second guess themselves. You know, you have to be able to sit down and breathe and relax and try and just clear your mind of what's going on to be able to then realize that regardless of what happens, it's going to be okay. You know, it's just, it's just those feelings and stuff of you don't know the future. So then that works you up even more. You got to just, it's okay, dude. Like just relax a little bit, sit down. It's going to be all right. Good or bad. It'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll keep on going. It'll keep going. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tony, so much for sitting down and talking with me for an hour. I I really do appreciate you, uh, you know, telling me about film, uh, you know, educating me on that whole thing. Because like I said, I, I'm very clueless to when it comes to to filmmaking. Like I sit in the movie theater, I look at the stuff or the screen. I'm like, man, that was a good movie, and that's all I think about. You know, about. and that's what that's what the whole point of yeah. it. You know, and if you you come away with something, you know, then that's even even more so. Yeah. You know. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much. This has been a great pleasure for yeah. me. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. Uh, real quick, I will say this. Um, mm-hmm. When we're done. Uh, go ahead and email me anything that you would want me to put in the notes, you know, like maybe the the link to your your guys's uh, website or any of, okay. you know, anything that you would want me to to put there. Uh, but I will say this real quick. Do you want to promote anything? Do you want to take this time to, you know, kind of say what you're up to? Sure. Um, the biggest thing that we're trying to get done is our first feature. Uh, it's called San Francisco Stories. It's five stories set in San Francisco and they interlink and cross over. Um, and it's, you know, we're very happy with it. Um, but, uh, it's it's a bear moving it up the hill, Mm. um, for, I would suggest if people could visit my YouTube channel, which is under the name Kingfisher talking pictures. Um, there's two films there. I I think people would enjoy, Mm. uh, the ghosts of highway 20. Mm-hmm. And Grandma Mott's Lettuce Kanu Comes to America. Don't worry about spelling it. You'll <laughs> see it. It's the word you can't pronounce. Gotcha. Um, and those are probably, you know, my two best short little things that um, I think people will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if they happen to want to spend some time, the Kingfisher Radio Hour is my podcast. And uh, that's got some fun stuff on it, too. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, of course, email me all of that stuff so then I can put it down in case if, you know, you want to just do that. And then I will say this and I say this to anyone who uh, who has a podcast, I would be more than happy to guest on yours somehow, some way. Thank if you. you would like that. Um, if you don't totally fine, just kind of letting you know uh, in case if you're like, hey, you know, like I'd, I'd love to. So if you need me, I'm there. I, I'm available. Just shoot me an email. I appreciate we'll it. Something out. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that so far mine has been. um uh apart from some older stuff, just basically me doing all the voices of a story, but um, 
it's a little flat and I'm really realizing I need to get some, some more voices in there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, something definitely I, uh, I'll keep in mind and we'll try and see if we can figure it out. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks okay. again, Tony. I really do appreciate it. And I really did have a, a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you have a great week. I hope your yeah, week thank is, you. is uh, good and you have a great Thanksgiving. You too. You have a great Thanksgiving too. Thanks. Take appreciate care. It. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. awesome thanks tony dude like that was fun because i am not very knowledgeable about filmmaking dude that was really cool to kind of be able to to take a dive in the director's seat if you will and kind of just see what's going on you know thank you for being just just an easy person to talk to like here's the thing and not to you know downplay anyone else but like I, i it's so nice to me and it's so easy for me when i can ask a question you know and they just and, and and you guys just go for it for like five minutes like that that is so nice for me and so thank you tony for one just you were able to fill up good time with good honest knowledgeable information you know like that like i said like i say every time the reason is that i want to learn you know i want to understand people and you definitely taught me something there that i really do appreciate so thank you so much man i i I wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. You know, I, 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 while we were talking, I actually kind of pulled up your tab and was kind of looking at everything and some of the stuff you were doing. You guys are freaking killing it. So keep doing what you're doing and great things will keep coming your way. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Across the Pond. If you enjoyed this episode a lot, please check out some of my other episodes. I've had some great conversations with a ton of people on a variety of subjects. If you know of a friend or a family member, or even maybe that one person that's not really part of your family, but they are, like that uncle, and you think that they would like an episode, please share it with them. I want to thank Mark for the logo, and I want to thank the Black Couch label and Ollie H for the music. And I want to thank you, the listener, for giving this about an hour, hour and a half of your time. I really do appreciate it. I want to ask one more thing of you. If you can, on whatever platform you're listening on, please leave a rating. I have episodes that come out every Sunday and every other Thursday. Tune in next time for another awesome episode of Across the Pond.